Due to the graphic nature of this murder case, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes dramatizations and discussions of murder and assault that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Now, enjoy the show. I just vamp until ready, fellas. I'm adjusting my uh, leotards. Get your coat and get your hat. Leave your worries on the doorstep. Just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. I think I was born about 25 years too late. I was made for for, for the stage. <laughs> I know the stage. The coach is ready in about five minutes. You can get on it, Crane. It's 21 minutes after your eight on the KNX clock. Funny thing, Jack Chapman does all these ad libs in the control room where you can't even hear him. One of the greatest ad libbing engineers ever. This is Bob Crane, and Jackie Chapman is our fine engineer. Bob, can I come in? Your car is in the driveway. I know you're here. It really didn't look good, you skipping the meeting. We waited half an hour. Do you know how unprofessional you made me look? I don't know how the hell you ever got on that stupid show if this is how you act. And another thing, it's hot today. You think it's nice to keep people sweltering in this heat? If you're asleep in here, I am gonna burn this house down. Damn it! I knew it! How could you be... Bob? Bobby? Why are you... Oh! Bob! Oh, God! June 29, 1978, was a bright, sunny day, which is hardly unusual for Arizona. But while the neighbors were none the wiser in suburban Scottsdale, veteran entertainer Bob Crane was lying dead in his home. He had been bludgeoned to death with a blunt object and strangled with an electrical cord, though that particular piece was just for show. In Hollywood, as unfortunate as it is to say, murder and mayhem are nothing new. But Arizona isn't exactly the Hollywood Hills. And Bob Crane did not have a tidy cinematic ending. To refresh your memory from last week, Bob Crane found fame as a radio DJ and later as an actor on the hit show Hogan's Heroes. Crane oozed personality across the airwaves. He'd pipe in with witty comments during songs and banter with his engineer. Listen to this. Thank you very much. I had good driver's rhymers leading in his little car. Now, Jack, it's a low-budget show, but nobody's going to believe that's a motor. Lazy guitar player. Didn't think he'd ever start. K Star, the same. Maybe I'm right. Bob Crane was a beloved entertainer, but most people think his dark side did him in. Most people wouldn't want to create any evidence of cheating on their wives, but Bob Crane wasn't most people. 
He and his friend John Carpenter had the habit of filming his extramarital encounters, and he had a lot of extramarital encounters. This habit may have led to his untimely death. Now that we're all up to speed, let's look at the police investigation, right after Bob Crane was found bludgeoned to death in his Scottsdale home. Though no one would describe Scottsdale as sleepy, it certainly was not as metropolitan as, say, Phoenix in the 1970s. Scottsdale PD was at the time a small unit and was in no way equipped for the firestorm of gossip about to hit the city. Just bag anything you can. The police department had no formal homicide unit, and the crime scene did it no favors. Door lock is still intact. No forced entry. No marks either. Anything missing? He had a wallet on his side table. $400, all in there. Not a robbery, obviously. Nothing valuable was missing, and the rest of Crane's apartment was untouched. Windows were locked. So the guy had a key. Could be. Neighbors heard knocking, but who knows if it was this door. It's like sardines in here. Keep looking, I guess. Due to his status as a TV personality, the police quickly assumed the blunt object to be a tripod. No tripod was found at the scene, however. And before we assume Crane was murdered with a candlestick in the study, nothing even remotely heavy in the house tested positive for blood. Clearly, the killer took whatever was responsible for caving in Crane's skull in. But that isn't to say the police didn't find anything... interesting. I do have something you gotta see. Did you beg it? Just come see. There a reason you're being cryptic? If you don't see it, you're not gonna believe me. I swear to God, if you call me over here to show me old film reels, I'm going to- Look at the names. So, who's Jennifer? (laughs) Bet you want to find out, huh? The Scottsdale Police Department, trying to uncover any evidence for the murder, had instead uncovered Crane's extensive collection of sex tapes. The other man in some of the videos, John Henry Carpenter, had flown to Phoenix just a few days before the murder to visit Crane. Carpenter, if you'll recall, was Crane's friend who was originally a sales manager for Sony, who helped stars with video equipment. With technology at his fingertips on the daily, he was also the man responsible for the sex tapes. He began working for Akai to arrange his travels to follow Bob Crane and his touring dinner theater. Naturally, he soon became the prime suspect. It's a rental. You can't just take it. I'm not. I'm impounding it. And are you also paying the late fees? Are you sure you want to be bothering me right now? His rental car was seized and hotel room searched. We got blood. Flakes, at least. Several blood smears were found in the interior of the car. So... John. I didn't hurt Bobby. You know how bad this looks for you, right? I just got here. Why would I fly all the way to this junkyard and kill my friend? I was wondering the same thing, actually. I didn't do it. The Scottsdale lab tested the blood samples, finding that it was type B. Must have been weird, having a TV star for a friend. Why would it be weird? I think I'd be self-conscious. Rich friend living a life I couldn't possibly understand. I understood him. You think I'm some slob, huh? You said it. I didn't say that. I'm not on Skid Row. I have money, too. You don't have Colonel Hogan money. You know why blood stains frustrate me? They're so hard to clean properly. Really? Type B blood is extremely rare. In fact, only about 10% of the population is any variation of type B, give or take. And you know who happened to be among that 10%? I'll level with you. 
and I'm giving you a chance to be honest with me. Why was Bob Crane's blood in your car? It wasn't. Think again. Seems like a slam dunk, right? The blood smears in Carpenter's borrowed car were the incredibly rare Type B, which Crane had. But remember, this was 1978. DNA testing wasn't introduced into courts until seven years later in 1985. And it was distrusted, even in the 1994 O.J. Simpson murder trial. Bobby never even got in that car with me! The police had a blood type match, but no other physical evidence and no way to prove that the blood truly was Bob Crane's. He was my pal, and I'm not a killer. Despite their reluctance, the Scottsdale PD released Carpenter and declined to press charges. We'll return to our story in just a moment from the ParCast Network. And now, back to our story. The police may not have pressed charges against John Carpenter, but that doesn't mean the police took Carpenter off their radar completely. What am I missing? What am I missing? Well, I'll be damned. In 1990, 12 years after the charges against Carpenter were dropped, Detective Jim Raines took another look into the case. Now, just what in the hell is that? And Raines found something the previous detectives had overlooked. I think we ought to look back into the Crane case. Why? I've been going through it. And I think we have the chance now to find what we might have missed. Who's saying we missed anything? Anyone check the brain? Brain? In his examination, Raines found an old crime scene photo of Carpenter's rental car. Amidst the blood smears, a small chunk of what appeared to be brain matter laid among the upholstery. I say we retest the blood. See what could be hiding. The Maricopa County attorney had declined to file charges years earlier because of the lack of evidence. But now, Detective Raines was able to convince the county attorney to reopen it. DNA testing proved nothing useful, but that brain matter sealed Carpenter's fate. A car full of blood can vaguely be explained if you try hard enough. A car full of blood and bits of brain, not so much. Yes? John Henry Carpenter? What? Step outside, please. Why? I said, step outside, please. In June 1992, almost exactly 14 years after Carpenter was initially picked up on suspicion of murder, he was officially arrested and charged. All rise! Carpenter went to trial two years later in 1994. How does the defense plead? Not guilty, Your Honor. The videotapes were a focal point in the trial, and the prosecutors painted the picture of a remorseful crane attempting to move on to the straight and narrow. State your name for the record. Robert Crane Jr. Crane's eldest son, Robert, was called to testify. And oh, did he hate Carpenter. How would you classify the friendship between your father and the defendant? He was a hanger-on. But an even colder take? He was a nuisance, to the point of being obnoxious. Obnoxious? Yes. According to Robert, Bob Crane was moving past his sex tape shenanigans and wanted a clean break. He testified, My dad expressed that he just didn't need Carpenter kind of hanging around him anymore. Per Robert's version of events, Crane had called Carpenter the night before his murder to officially sever their friendship. The defense wasn't having it. Your father had a falling out with Mr. Carpenter? You could say that. Did you overhear this phone call? No. But you know that it happened? Yes. My father told me. Mmm. The night before Mr. Crane was killed? Yes. Were you aware that Mr. Carpenter and your father went to dinner that night? I know what he told me. 
The defense poked holes in everything they could. The police hadn't found a murder weapon and had managed to misplace the brain matter Reigns found in the photograph. The defendant will rise. Ultimately, Carpenter was acquitted of all charges. Throughout the entire process, he maintained his innocence. Despite Roberts' repeated accusations, Carpenter denied any involvement in the murder. Carpenter died in 1998. Scottsdale PD was forced to officially rule out their only suspect, and later DNA testing would prove as fruitless as their prior attempts. They had a car full of blood, but no one to connect the pieces. And so, to the people who loved Bob Crane, it seemed as if John Henry Carpenter got away with murder. Robert! Robert! Over here! Crane's son was angry and spiteful, and would continue giving sound bites accusing Carpenter of murdering his father. But this suspect had seemingly been investigated as much as possible. So they looked into alternatives. Sleeping with a star is an alluring thought to many people. Any taste of fame, no matter how peripheral, can make someone do things they wouldn't normally consider. And if the star is unscrupulous, they can use that to their advantage. It's an egregious breach of trust to take advantage of one's partner. And it might even make them angry enough to kill. Perhaps a woman upset that she was unwillingly taped, or an upset boyfriend, or even both of them, could have come after Crane. And besides, Robert wasn't fully convinced that the killer wasn't someone close to home. We'll return to our story in just a moment. And now, let's continue the story. Recall that Robert had a lukewarm relationship with stepmother Patricia. So we get nothing. That's not... You're misrepresenting it. So Deborah was included? Karen? I know I sure as hell wasn't. Patricia was the sole beneficiary of Crane's extensive will. And people have certainly committed murder over smaller things than money. You're upset. I understand that. But I would never cut any of you out. He loved you. So much, it seems but not as much as you must love all those zeros on the page. Leave before you say something you'll regret. The police never considered Patricia as a suspect, despite, quite frankly, ample motive. The wife of a serial cheater with a treasure chest of money to inherit seems like the most obvious suspect of all. They had separated in 1977, but by several accounts, Patricia and Bob were actually looking to move past his prior indiscretions. Family members mostly said they had already reconciled and were on good terms again. Which leads us to the reddest flag of all. Hey, Bobby. Even while accusing Patricia, Robert never backed off Carpenter. And the police force backed Robert. Focus tipped to Carpenter once again. But what might have happened to turn friend against friend? Carpenter repeatedly claimed he and Crane were the best of friends, brothers in arms. Righteous rage may very well have been the catalyst for Crane's brutal slaying. But... What if it were even baser? If you subscribe to the biblical Cain and Abel story, the world's first murder was due to jealousy. John! Hi! I left some messages at the station. Yeah, I saw... Uh, I meant to call you back, but... Hey, man, I understand. Downtime is wasted time, right? You know it. So, things have been good? Oh, they have. Real good. Well, that's nice to hear. <clears throat> well, it was great seeing you, John. The thing is... They haven't been real good for me, you know? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Honest. Honest? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's much honest about you, Bobby. Suppose Robert Crane was telling the truth. How long are you in town for? Eh, as long as I feel like it, I guess. 
Carpenter would have traveled all the way to Scottsdale to see an old friend, only to be rebuffed. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. You just caught me at... I just got a lot going on at the moment. You want to go for a drive? Uh... Come on. I'm hungry. And you've never turned down a meal in your life. Yeah, why not? Witnesses did see the two in a restaurant laughing and seemingly having a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you remember that blonde? (laughs) Tempe. The leggy one, yeah. (laughs) Mind like a steel trap. Waste like a silly straw. (laughs) That was a good night, wasn't it? Every night's a good night with a girl like that. And you really want to give that up? That can't be so hard to believe. Doesn't make one damn bit of sense. You just, you grow out of things. And people, as Carpenter would allegedly find out. So this yours? God, no. Rented it at the airport. Still has that new car smell. Good customer service. (laughs) The most expensive one on the lot. You laughing at me? Well, no. Because it just seems like you're laughing at me. I got any reason to? The brain matter in the photo was found in the far corner of the car, suggesting excessive violence. Murder requires premeditation to define it as such, but manslaughter? Now that's a crime of passion. What's going on? Forgot I had something in the trunk. The rattling is killing me. I don't hear rattling. I'd see a doctor, Bobby. Your ears aren't doing so good. Hey, John, can we... Whoa! Both the Scottsdale PD and Robert believe Carpenter snapped and did away with his disloyal friend. Blood didn't saturate the car. Only smears were found. If someone were killed in it, Carpenter would clearly try to clean it up as best he could. Now, obviously, there are a few holes in the theory. Hmm. Why kill him in a car and then stage him in his apartment? Uh, Heavy bastard. Okay, 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 so far, okay. And why keep driving a car filled with hidden evidence? Those questions stumped Scottsdale PD and continued to for decades. Though it isn't technically a cold case, it's still unsolved in their department. More DNA testing was undertaken in 2016, but yielded nothing of value. I'm telling you, I didn't do it. Doesn't make any sense. Bob Crane was still a household name when he died. And a murder, especially one so violent, would always draw attention. Which means the killer was angry enough not to care about the consequences. For as popular as Crane was, he certainly managed to amass a cabal of potential enemies. So then who wielded the tripod that cut Crane down? Well, for our money, it's John Henry Carpenter. Though the evidence was hampered by the forensic limitations of the time period, it's simply too damning to ignore. He had motive. If Crane did tire of his antics, Carpenter would have seen his meal ticket expire. Crane offered him not only companionship, but a way to live a life of luxury few can really achieve. And then there's the blood in the car. Driving a bloody car around is suspicious enough, but the blood type seals it. Even if Carpenter had ferried around another guest who managed to cut themselves, it's simply too much of a coincidence that they would also have type B blood. It clearly did not hold up in court, but in the court of public opinion, 
Bob Crane died in that rental car. We will concede that John Carpenter most likely did not travel to Scottsdale with the express purpose of killing his former friend. But there are stranger things in heaven and earth than a man snapping. But what do you think? Who was the most likely person behind the death of beloved TV icon Bob Crane? Weigh in on Twitter at Parcast Network or on Facebook slash Parcast with your own theories. You know, being quite honest about this whole thing, not easy to do this show when you get five minutes knocked off of it. You still got to do the same amount of stuff and, oh, well, that's, that's our problem. You've got your own problems. Put your worries and cares away for another day. Worry about it tomorrow, whatever's bothering you. It's like they say, smile, perk yourself up, things could be worse. And you smiled and perked yourself up, and by golly, things got worse. Don't forget to subscribe to Unsolved Murders on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or any other podcast directory, or through our website, parcast.com. Again, that's P-A-R-C-A-S-T dot com. Join the conversation on our Parcast Facebook page. You can tweet us at Parcast Network, all one word. We thank you for listening, and hope you'll join us again. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Wendy McKenzie. We'll see you next time. If we live till next time. Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Ron and Max Cutler, sound designed by Ron Shapiro and Jay Silvers, with production assistance by Maggie Admire, and written by Kenneth Martin and Samantha Gurosh. Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories stars Carter Roy and Wendy McKenzie. The amazing cast of voice actors includes, by alphabetical order, Jerry Courtney Austin, Mike Capozzi, Joshua Kahn, Michael Malconian, Harris Markson, and Steve Pinto. 